Welcome to Beating Around the Bush, episode 85 of our Beating Around the Bush podcast. The Beating Around the Bush podcast is simply an extension of my column that appears weekly in the Carroll Newsletter and are my opinions, my observations, and the usual ramblings of an old sports writer. Episode 85 entitled, And They're Off. That's an old racing term because we're going to be talking about horses this morning. We're going to be talking about lots of horses. You talking about horses that are running wild already in this young, young football season. Maybe an over-exaggeration, maybe a little bit too optimistic about my football teams, but that's the way a true fan should be. You should always expect great things to happen. But let's calm it down a little bit. Let's slow it down a little bit. Let's be a little more calmer because the truth is we've not officially, as far as the high school is concerned, played a game that actually counts on your record. Now, the middle school have played a game. And, in fact, they've had their second game moved up. Uh, They will not play this Thursday. They will play tonight. If you're listening to this podcast on Wednesday or anytime after Tuesday, August the 15th, they will have already played their second game of the season. And we'll talk about them as we go along also because their first game, they looked outstanding. Played a very good Lexington team and the Mustangs uh, High School uh, JV and the Jamboree this last Friday night also played Lexington, and I'll tell you, they took a bite out of a lot of the Tigers. Of course, middle school, their uh, nickname or their mascot is the Minuteman. But, you know, the Minuteman, and you say, well, why aren't they the Tigers also? Because they're Lexington Middle School. Well, you have several different middle schools in uh, – Henderson County, which is where Lexington is. So I'm sure that they all didn't, you know, you couldn't all take Tiger. So anyway, uh, that that's not even got nothing to do with anything. But let's recap. I tell you what, let's do a little different this week. You know, normally we would start with the high school and then fill in with the middle school. But let's start with the middle school first because they actually have played a game that matters. They've actually had a, a played a game that counts on their record. And they are one and oh. Real interesting game up at Lexington last Thursday night as the Mustangs traveled up, uh, traveled down, however you want to look at it, Highway 22, it'd be south. So uh, they went up to play to Lexington and that what used to be, and I don't know if it still is, but I used to always refer to it as Kwood. Uh, middle school, if you go through past Dodge's Fried Chicken, and everybody knows where Dodge's Fried Chicken is in Lexington, you go past it, it's down on your left, like you're going out towards Savannah. That's where the school is right there. It's still in town, but it's on the, and it's on 22 as you go around. Now, what that meant, or what the reason I say that, because it's a little unique stadium when it comes right down to it, because uh, all the stands are on one side, so I had the whole sideline myself on one side. I did go up in the press box and get the, their roster. I just wanted to get some names just in case I needed it. But uh, 
one of the uh, guys working in press box clock operator or whatever is Johnny McAdams' brother. He told me this two years ago. He probably didn't remember this. But, and Johnny McAdams, of course, uh, used to be a coach down in Hardin County or, yeah, I think that's right. No, not Hardin County. Uh, Ripley. Somewhere down in that way. But, uh, and he had a son that uh, played at Huntington, was a good quarterback, and is now the baseball coach at Union City. Cole had another son that went on to be a punter at Mississippi State. Uh, Johnny McAdams played at the University of Tennessee. Uh, played defensive end his first couple of years up there. He's from Lexington, was Reggie White's backup until they moved into offense. But Johnny McAdams now is the uh, superintendent of Carroll County Schools. But anyway, enough rambling about that, but that was his brother in the press box. But uh, there's some interesting stats about the middle school's game Friday or Thursday. And in the first half, and I'm a stat guy. I think stats are very interesting. I found this very interesting. But in the first half against Lexington, uh, the Mustangs had eight points and had 18 uh, snaps from scrimmage and had eight points. Lexington had a safety, and Huntington led eight to two at the half. Now, Huntington moved the ball good the first time, 11 plays. Uh, then they stalled inside the uh, Lexington 10. Lexington ended up punting, and a great punt, 47-yard punt by Lexington. Then Huntington uh, marched it down, six plays, score on a 25-yard run by Kate Kemonte Strayhorn. And uh, good-looking running back, Strayhorn. Tall, lanky, in that mold that Huntington likes. Uh not as tall as Kenton Smith last year, but nonetheless, a look good-looking good running back. And uh, then Hayes Eubanks with a two-point conversion. And then Huntington stops Lexington inside their uh, Huntington's 10 on the next position. Uh, Huntington gets the ball at their own three. Uh, first play, somebody breaks through. There was a defensive lineman that uh, uh, Huntington's coaches told me, and they said they, they were real concerned about this one offensive lineman I mean, defensive lineman, he's real good. And the chain gang guys told me the same thing. Yeah, he's pretty good. And he broke through, uh, made a tackle for uh, – it was Kayshawn Carter who he tackled in the end zone for safety, 8-2 to two at the half. Well, the second half, just totally opposite of that. Mustangs end up winning this game 30-2. to two. But remember the first half, they had 18 plays, 8 points. Second half, they had four offensive snaps and scored 22 points. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I, that's real interesting to me because that tells you uh, something was outside the norm as far as a football game goes. And I, I'll explain it to you. Well, Lexington got the ball first start the second half. And the second half, uh, they uh, hanged and sacked their quarterback on fourth down. They tried to punt. Remember the kid the first time he punted? 47-yard punt. And uh, second time, he kind of got rushed, flushed out of the pocket just a little bit. I ran to his right and going to do a soccer-style kick. Kicked the ball up in the air, and it didn't go – it went maybe 10 yards. And that's probably being real charitable as far as the distance goes. But Strayhorn, we mentioned him a minute ago, and the coaches were laughing because they told me he's never played football before until this year. Never played. And he, he's, he's, he's a good player. 
But he catches the ball in midair. And Trevor Burleson told me Friday night, Jamboree, he said, I, I was going, I told him, hey, get away from one like that. Get away, get away. And he said, I was hollering, get away from it, get away from it. He catches it, runs it in for uh, 37 yards and a touchdown. So there's a touchdown on the board for the middle school Mustangs without ever taking an offensive snap. Well, then Lexington, who had no speed at all, they had no speed, and that don't work well in middle school especially because you're just a ground-and-pound type offense. And Hayden's good defensively. They've got some linebackers, Garvin Key, one, uh, that really, really impressed me. Uh, Owen Hughley, uh, another, they're tall. Uh, they've got some, you know, they got some body mass to them. They're not big, uh, but they look they look like linebackers. There's, both of those kids are going to be real tall, and uh, they look real good. And it was it, it's hard it was hard to run the ball against them. But Lexington would have success uh, bend and not break type defense if you want to look at it that way. But they would pound out some yards because they had some big kids. And of course, Angel never has real big kids. But Lexington, the first time they got the ball, or second time they got the ball. Uh, another sack that ended the drive, but they ran four plays, run some time off the clock. And they went for it on fourth down in Huntington's territory, or in our own territory, I should say. Huntington uh, tackles them at the 40-yard line. Aiden Woods, first play, goes 40 yards for a touchdown. And then Carter with the two-point conversion. Now we've scored 16 points. As the score now has gone to 22 to 2 without, well, with just one offensive snap. I mean, you've got 16 points. Well, then Lexington made the drive of the game, if you want to look at it that way. It depends on how you define drive of the game. But they actually reeled off, uh, as I look where I've got it written down here in my notes. Actually, they ran 20 plays. They had a drive that started their own 15. And they ran 20 plays. They got uh, into Huntington territory, but was stopped at the Huntington 19 or the Huntington 28, where they finally, the, the drive ended with a fumble. But, you know, when you look back at it, there was eight yards, one, 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 eight, uh, eight. You know, never had a play over eight yards. They converted some fourth downs along there uh, to keep that drive alive, but it ended with Huntington taking over at their own 28. First play, Carter runs seven yards. Second play, Carter runs four yards, first down. Then third, the third play, Eubanks, and now the clock had ticked down to under a minute. Eubanks goes around the right side, uh, finds a seam, and it's got some speed. Because he had some kids chasing him, but then you're going to say, well, you just said a while ago, Lexington didn't have any speed. But, you know, Gray Eubanks is not the – I mean, not Gray. Hayes. We'll get to Gray in a little bit. Hayes is not as fast as Carter, Strayhorn, Woods, that kind of stuff. I mean, he's pretty fast, but he's not any faster than some of these Lexington kids. But they couldn't catch him. He took off 61 yards, basically untouched, and – our quarter with two-point conversion, middle school wins 30-2. to two. So four offensive snaps in the second half, and three of them came on that last drive. Scored 22 points, win 30-2. Tonight, they're scheduled to go to Jackson Central Mary and play 
against a program that's resurrected, I think last year was the first year back in existence as far as football goes, or two years ago, maybe it was two years ago. Uh, they actually in high school will be in our region this year. And I've been thinking all this time, hey, I'm going to have to go to the old historical Roth Rock Stadium down at Jackson. Well, that field, and I read reading something in the Jackson Sun yesterday, as a matter of fact, that uh, they're looking at renovating that field or building a new one or something. And the way I understood it from a Coach Burleson, third, or Friday night at the Jamboree, they don't have a field to play on. Tonight, the middle school will play at Northside. That's one reason they moved the game, because they had nowhere to play Thursday night. Trevor was kind of opposed to that because he didn't want to have to, uh, you know, play a game that far removed or that time removed from his last game. You know, it was played Thursday. Here it is Tuesday. So you can do the math on that. What's that, four days, five days? And he wanted he, – he would have liked to play Thursday uh, where you get that normal week's difference in one game to the other. But he didn't have a choice in it. Uh, but so he finally agreed to it. They're going to play, but they're going to play at Northside. You know, I was thinking, I don't think I've been to a game at Northside maybe since I was in high school. And that was a long time ago. So that'll be uh, a little different experience maybe in itself. But anyway, middle school, uh, 1-0 to start the season. I played tonight against a JCM. And just quickly, when I've got this on my mind, I like to do this uh, after that. Uh, they will play at home on the 24th against Camden. And then I think they get a week off before hosting Trenton and McKenzie. So they'll have three games uh, with a bye squeezed in, in there, uh, three home games in a row. And then they'll f uh, finish their season. The last two games will be on the road at Decatur County and then back at home against Jackson uh, Northeast. But – Mustangs, uh, big week when you want to look at it that way. Is uh, you know they just finished off uh, the oldest jamboree in the state of Tennessee this past Friday night. Started as we mentioned, 1965 in Lexington, moved to Hayden in the following year, uh, or it might have been 64. It started in Lexington. And I can't ever remember which one it is, and then moved to Hayden the next year and stayed in Hayden until. Uh, just uh, about six years ago when they started flip-flopping back and forth between Lexington and Huntington. But anyway, still called the Jamboree, still called the Quarterback Club Jamboree. I'm not sure what they call it when it's over at Lexington, but here it's the Huntington Quarterback Club Jamboree. They're in charge of everything. They control everything. They take all the proceeds. All that money goes back into the football program uh, that is generated from the Jamboree. But this, this year, only had one team. Uh, Lexington came over last year. You had McNary and Adelsville. They chose to go somewhere else or place or do something different as far as their Friday night was concerned. Uh, but uh, that left Huntington and Lexington uh, to play Friday night. Of course, again, uh, coaches were on the field. It was basically uh, dressed up scrimmage. You know, they put on their regular uniforms but the coaches were still on the field. Uh, they did punt, but nobody could return a punt. You couldn't rush the punt. Uh, you could field it, but you couldn't return it. No kickoffs. 
after each score, start the quarter or whatever, you start at the 30-yard line. Both teams, uh, well, you had JV portion to start with. Uh, they both played two quarters apiece, 10 minutes, and you played two quarters. Uh, then the high school played two quarters, 10 minutes. So it was a short night, but it was a hot, steamy night. And uh, whew, one, of the hottest, one of the hottest places I've been uh, in a long time, to be honest with you. There was no air stirring at Paul Ward Stadium. And lots of times, the way that field is structured, the way it's laid out, you get a it's like a wind tunnel sometimes uh, as it runs or lays north to south, and you get south wind uh, going north and or the north wind going home. Uh, to the south, and, you know, it, but there was no air blowing at all. The new scoreboard was up, so, uh, but the Jumbotron, the video portion of the scoreboard uh, was not operable. Uh, Friday night, as uh, I talked to Coach uh, uh, Coach Ezell, Clint Ezell, the athletic director, uh, Friday morning at the Pep Rally, he said that uh, they just don't have that part of it worked out, don't need it for the Jamboree anyway. Uh, so they'll have it because they have they have some quite a bit of time to get all that lined out. Uh, you know, the down and distance and the clock and all that stuff was working, working fine uh, Friday night. But the video portion of it, you know, this week they go to McKenzie. Uh, then uh, after that, you have a bye week. And then you will host Adamsville uh, the following week uh, for homecoming, if, uh, if I remember uh, correctly, and that's right. So they won't play Adamsville until September the 1st. So they have until September the 1st to have all of that school board working in the manner they want it to work. But anyway, we'll talk about McKenzie here in a few minutes, but uh, Junior Varsity, uh, they played two quarters. They won over Lexington, Lexington 16 to 6. Now, lots of times Junior Varsity, uh, basically at a school hanged in size, means that those are kids that uh, normally are not playing a whole lot on Friday night during the regular games. And th that's true in a lot of cases because it could be, it could even be juniors. Uh, it could be some seniors to just give them some playing time because they're never going to play on Friday night, that kind of stuff. But I tell you, this, this uh, JV team for Hayden consisted mostly, uh, probably 80% or more, of, of freshmen and sophomores. And you're talking about a good-looking bunch. Of course, that uh, last uh, few years in in middle school, they've had some heck of, you know, they've had some great seasons. Uh, one kid that stood out uh, to me was Kenton Smith. I, I'm going to tell you, I'll say it right now. I just, you know, it's my podcast. I can say whatever I want to. And, and I don't like to build up kids, but he has the potential to be Division One material uh, because I'm not sure how tall he is, but he's six foot anyway, any way you look at it. And it might be a tad over that as a ninth grader. Uh, I guess very good chance of starting on the uh, as point guard for the basketball team this year. But he ran the football in their 16-6 to six win. He only touched it four times as far as carries go, but he had 68 yards. Uh, middle school must, I mean, uh, junior varsity rushed for 141 yards on 15 carries, and uh, he had 68 of those rushing yards. Uh, they scored in the first quarter, 
uh, on a Brooks Bennett seven-yard run, and there's another good-looking running back. He's a sophomore. So, you know, he's a sophomore, and you had a freshman, and then uh, Braylon Deerman was playing quarterback. Uh, he's a sophomore, threw a 39-yard touchdown pass to Alec Jordan. And uh, then that that put him up 16-0, to zero, and then Lexington scored after – uh, Bennett had a ball stripped from him, and, he, and I heard him on the sideline say, I never did have control of it. But it was a fumble on a drive that Hayden was uh, driving the football, and it fell into the hands of a Lexington player, ran it all the way uh, down inside to Hayden 10, and they scored uh, on a three-yard run by Eli Pearson. But that portion of that was 16-6. to six. Then the varsity portion uh, Mustangs pretty much dominated outside the first drive of the game. Lexington got the ball first, uh, marched it down the field, throwing the football. I know they completed three passes on that drive, and uh, Hayden stiffened, held, and Lexington kicked a 35-yard field goal. Noah Wood always had some good kickers over at Lexington that could kick field goals. Uh, but it's 35 yards, and they led three to nothing, but that was that was it. That was It was over for the night. Uh, Mustangs first quarter, just as the first quarter clock ran out, Ashton Hutcherson on a three yard run, Cole Chafin, uh, last year made a lot of extra points, but also missed a lot of extra points, was a little inconsistent, but consistent enough to keep kicking extra points. And, uh, Friday night at the Jamboree, he made all three. And I think I could see a little difference in him this year. He wasn't rushing, uh, was taking his time and was just kicking the ball, kicking it through the uprights, just, you know, a routine-type uh, thing. And, and, and you could you, you could tell uh, he's kind of slowed things down a little bit, and, and it, just, it, looked, it looked a lot more fluid. Uh, but that put them, put them up 7-3. to three. Uh, Then Mill Levitt with a four-yard run uh, made it 14-3 to three with chafing extra point. And then Brady Warbritton, 58-yard run. 21 to three, your final after the chafing extra point. Uh, but Brady Warbrick had a good night uh, with football in his hands. Four carries, 91 yards, caught three passes for 36 yards. So, you know, seven touches uh, for 127 yards. A pretty good night for 20 minutes. And you can tell Brady is going to be counted on a lot uh, next year or this year, in the offensive backfield. Uh, he's going to be a weapon uh, to be used. Uh, he hadn't really saw a lot of offensive time in his first two years at Hainton because he's been behind some people uh, that were really, really good running backs, kind of bided his time, but he's just a junior. And back there with Gray Eubanks, who runs the ball well, throws the ball well, and then Ashton Hutcherson, uh, that senior leadership, and he he run he ran the ball good Friday night. Six carries, fifty one yards uh, for Ashton Hutcherson. But this is a good offensive football team, and it's a good defensive football team. But what I've seen through three scrimmages, basically when you count the jamboree, is we're going to struggle a little bit defensively against teams that throw the ball well. But then we always have we're going to play good against the run. Uh, solid up front defensively, uh, great linebackers, uh, but we're going to maybe uh, – and, and as time goes, uh, we'll probably develop maybe more of uh, 
an attitude where we blitz a lot more. And that, that's the best way to stop a kid from throwing the football. He can't throw it if he's on his keister or he's being rushed to throw it. And so I think it's, it's still a work in progress. But at this time of the year, you want it to be a work in progress. You want things uh, that you have to work on because you don't want to be a fine-tuned uh, machine uh, in August. Because if you are, uh, then there's nowhere to go but down, basically. Now, I've seen teams peak too early. But let's talk about um, the game coming up Friday night because you've got a game coming up that really, really counts. It counts. It means something. And it's against McKenzie. Now, a lot of people will call it a rivalry. I do not have that info sitting right here in front of me, but we played McKenzie, I think, and that Brewston might be in our close, but uh, McKenzie could be gaining because we don't play Brewston anymore for whatever reason. But we probably played McKenzie more than any other team we've ever played or that we have on our schedules. Uh, we probably, we, I know we've played them probably 90-something times counting this Friday night. We've won 60-odd number of games, probably getting close to 70 wins out of those 90 uh, times that we played each other. So you could call that a rivalry. Some people might not, not, not call it a rivalry when you've won that many times. But now in the last several years, it has been a rivalry because McKenzie has won more in the last 10 years than we have. And, and if I remember correctly, they may be seeking their fourth straight win over Huntington, which would be the first time it's ever happened. And I, it, I talked to, uh, over to middle school Jamboree. I think I mentioned this last week on the podcast that, uh, I talked to coach Comer. I asked him, how does the team look coach? And he's a good dude. Really, he is. He's a good dude. And he said, well, we look like a team that's uh, graduated 15 seniors. Then later on, I talked to Coach Swenson. And Coach Swenson says, oh, yeah, he says that, but they're going to be pretty good. And then uh, I find out from Jackson Cassidy, who was uh, Mr. Football winner last year, talked to him last week, and he said, McKenzie's going to be good. He said, but they're just not going to have a lot of depth. Now, they graduated 15 seniors, and they graduated Jackson Cassidy, one of those. Uh, that's a good nucleus of football players that won a state championship and finished runner-up the year before that. And the last two years, they've lost one football game. And that came in a state championship game. I'm going to tell you something. I've seen Because I've seen this at Huntington, and, and it plays out because kids – Kids are very, you know, this sticks in their mind. They're very impressionable, if you want to put it that way. Winning carries over. And if you've got athletes, maybe they're not as good as they were last year. But they also know what they're building. That, that makes for a dangerous situation for the people they're going to play. Because their mentality is, we can win football games. We're going to win football games. You know, they're going to have Tate Serber at quarterback, very good quarterback. They've got some good running backs. So it could be an interesting night. Now, Huntington only graduated six seniors last year, and only about four of those really contributed, maybe five. There's only one of those six that really was not on the field all the time. And 
they've got a great nucleus of players coming back. When you talk about eight starters on one side of the ball, nine starters on the other side of the ball coming back uh, from a team that was 11 and three and made it to the semifinals of the state playoffs last year and probably should have played for a state championship. And if they had, they could have won. Uh, that's, that's a recipe for a pretty good football game. That's what I'm telling you. And I think it'll be a good football game. I think in the end, what will happen is uh, Hayden will play. They don't have a Marquez Taylor. McKenzie doesn't. I think Hayden will play well defensively. I think McKenzie will have some success throwing the football. If Tate Serber has a uh, Jackson Cassidy kind of day, uh, McKenzie could win. But uh, if Hayden's offense executes the way they have, because I don't think McKenzie would be as good defensively as they were the last couple of years, uh, then I think Hayden will win. So I think it's going to come down to how well Tate Serber plays. Then I think it's going to come down to how well Hayden's offense plays. Because Hayden can grind it out. Uh, they can strike quick. And uh, the combination of those two, uh, it's going to make for a great football game. And uh, that'll be 7 o'clock over in McKenzie this Friday night. Uh, so I invite you to come out tonight. Travel down to Northside. Don't get lost. Northside's not hard to find. It's on 45 and uh, not too far from Interstate 40. Uh, enjoy some good football. But that's going to do it for us this week. We'll be back next week to recap the McKenzie game, recap middle school, and uh, squeeze in maybe some other things. But we'll come back next week, and when we come back, we promise we'll try to do it better.